In January 2021, Carrie Del Rosso will become state representative of Del Rosso. She will represent parts of Allegheny and Westmoreland County that have had the same representative for 30 years. In defeating House Democratic Minority Leader Frank Dermody, Carrie has already made her mark on Harrisburg. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briette, President and CEO of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. And uh, I am online right now with Carrie Del Rosso. Carrie is the state uh, representative elect uh, from the western part of Pennsylvania. And uh, we'll get into Carrie's story here of how she has uh, uh, risen to become uh, a state representative in a district that hasn't had a new state representative in decades. Uh, Carrie, welcome to Brews and Views. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much for having me. Well, uh, I'm pleased to, to have you on here. Uh, I mean, I can't remember when it was uh, that we first met and, and uh, broke some bread together with uh, my colleague, Jeremy. Um, but I, I do remember that dinner. I hope you do too. Uh, but, but for me, Carrie, what was just uh, um, stood out to me was your energy, uh, your enthusiasm, um, and you just had a drive to win. And uh, you certainly demonstrated that uh, in this election in pulling probably the biggest upset uh, in Pennsylvania uh, and probably the biggest upset uh, for many, many years, if not not decades uh, here, uh, by defeating Frank Dermody, the House Democratic uh, minority leader. Um, so, Carrie, uh, before we get to that uh, and talking about your historic race, um, let's talk about where you grew up, uh, because I know while you are going to be representing the western part of Pennsylvania, uh, you actually grew up uh, in uh, the northeastern part of our Commonwealth, right? Yes, I did. I I born and raised in Scranton, Pennsylvania. So, I um I grew up in Scranton, and I left when I was eighteen to go to Pitt. Um, I was really excited. Um, graduated from West Scranton High School, public school. And my background um, in Scranton, I have a large family. I'm I'm a half Italian and I'm Welsh and German. So my my grandfather on my um, on my Welsh side, Lewis Lewis, was a driving force a little bit behind the politics for me. My grandfather was a small business owner. We were um, he was a, he was the second generation business owner, and then my 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 dad stepped in. We were a trucking business, and my grandfather. Um, we were eighteen grandchildren. I was the second oldest. I worked for him directly, and he was a pretty tough guy to work for. He was in the army under Patton, so he ran his business a little bit um, in a military way. And truth be told, I learned so much for him as as a ten year old up. He used to say to me, "If you can't do it right yourself, then don't do it at all." So we, I. I <laughs> He um and he's he's passed since, but this win um, as a Republican, especially in the state of Pennsylvania, was a big deal because Northeast PA tends to be Democrat, and um, he he used to tell me all the time that you need to work with Democrats, but you know be conservative in your in your values and your views sometimes. So I have a lot to credit with him, 
And then my other side of the family is Italian Catholic and we're loud and boisterous and they're Democrats. And um, <laughs> they're a lot of fun to be around. And I will tell you that they're, they're, they're in, they instilled family in me and values as well. So I've kind of sit in the middle from a family perspective. Um, and I have a wonderful family between my mother and my grand, my grandmother is 93. She's still alive. And she, um, she's so proud. Um, this is, you know, my grandmother doesn't know how to drive and, um, she had five kids, four boys and a daughter. And this is, this has made her proud. Well, that, that's wonderful. That what were your uh, were people in your family uh, politically active? Were you were you paying attention to politics as as a, a youngster, or is this something that uh, just develops later on in life? Well, t- two things that dr- drove me and behind the scenes politically just kind of kept my eye on things was when my grandfather would expand his business and have to go into city council meetings in Scranton and have to ask for. Um, variances for, you know, tractor trailers being moved in or building variances. I used to watch my dad and my grandfather and my dad's brothers sit there and say, you know, these people aren't going to vote for this. Um, And my grandfather, I can remember him saying this, is that I will never buy someone's vote. What we're doing is right. And it kind of was in, it's instilled in me. Um, so I ran for council here in Oakmont and I can remember my father saying, why are you doing this? I'm like, daddy, because people always have to say, you know, people have to have a say in this. And when we were kids, I could remember it holding back our business from developing. So that kind of was in the back of my head of saying, you know, I wanted to be a voice to advocate for what was right for small business owners. Um, and then the second thing is, Um, I grew up in Scranton and in seventh grade and also in 10th grade, they shut down both of our public schools and merged us and sent us off to different school districts. And um, I think that's made me socially who I am. I can integrate really well because we were basically told that, you know, your school's shutting down and this is what you have to do and talk about being a teenager and breaking things up and watching um, school boards vote on things that you have no control over. um, It kind of made me a very, very big advocate for education and to see what was going on in public education. Um, My three children all go to public school. I, again, I graduated from the public schools, but the public sector, I feel like shouldn't be driving um, some of what education, the mandates were going on right now. And I became actively involved in it. That's what my business was. I started a small business out of my home and I was working in public relations for school districts and saw what was going on behind the scenes. So I hope to bring that education that I have and experience to the table as, as a representative in the house. Yeah. So Carrie, the, uh, those are a number of things that I think are important and experiences that uh, you're bringing to uh, the House of Representatives. Uh, one, just your insights uh, in our education system, having worked with a number of uh, school districts uh, as clients, just seeing it from the outside, but uh, treating them as as clients. Uh, but then also being on local government, uh, the Oakmont uh, Borough Council, uh, I'm sure gives you a a different perspective on state government from you know mandates coming down or or uh, really 
the government that's closest to the people and uh, uh, serving their direct needs, right? I mean, whether it's uh, potholes in the street um, uh, to, uh, you know, your, your police and fire and uh, just your everyday uh, ba- basic necessities um, where uh, government intersects with, with our lives and, and our livelihoods. Uh, so I think that those experiences uh, probably served you quite well in talking to people at the doors, uh, because I know that uh, you spent a lot of time. I don't know how many pairs of shoes you went through uh, in running uh, your race for state representative, but um, I suspect that those things uh, really paid off uh, as you were interacting with uh, voters. Yes, well, um for my for my council race, I knocked on almost 2,500 doors. And I was able to go back to those doors throughout this house race to see if, you know, any, I lost, you know, their vote. And some of, the, some of them I did, partly because, um, you know, I, some people just drew the line in the party and they did not vote for the person they wanted. They wanted a Democrat. And I understood and I respectfully walked away from them and just said, look, I understand. But when I win... I will represent you regardless. Um, I had a very positive attitude throughout all of this. We we lost three months during a pandemic. And mm-hmm. I had to sit at home and think to myself, how am I going to knock? I set, a, I set a goal of 15,000 doors. And I ended up knocking on almost 12,000 doors. So what, again, I'm a goal setter. I would wake up in the morning and make sure that my week was basically on how many doors I was going to get to and making sure I talked to people. You know, hitting doors is one thing, but making sure that you're hitting doors at the right time. The last thing you want to do is end up in Indiana Township on a Saturday morning during soccer. No one's home. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, I I would wake up every morning and say, where can I get my most bang for my buck? And um, I would make sure that I was out talking to people and listening to them because this district um, is out in the northeast corner of Allegheny County, but also crosses with Westmoreland County. It, it kind of is in it, people call it no man's country sometimes because people don't come out there, come out here unless they have to. Um, we need a lot of transportation. I think that's what, what I'm going to be focusing on is, is making sure that we're getting people into the district. Um, but over the last 20, 30 years, there's been a lot of job loss due to the, you know, the manufacturing loss um, in Western PA. A, a lot of working class jobs have been lost. So it's not driving people into the district. So when I got to their doors, that was the one of the biggest things that we were getting crushed with the pandemic, but also that there were no jobs to begin with. So, you know, as I got into the the muck of getting out the doors, I kept saying to myself, well, I have a lot of work to do and I hope I win because this is a new challenge. So um, I really, I really need businesses to come in. I need, you know, people to come in and offer jobs that will bring more tax revenue into the district. Well, and, and I think that uh, uh, you'll agree that this is where you contrast uh, significantly with um, uh, the person that you beat, Frank Dermody, his approach to that is, well, let's just get a bunch of tax dollars from Harrisburg and then uh, make grants and dis- you know redistribute that money. Uh, but that's not a sustainable model of how you uh, develop growth, right? Right. And so my my biggest concern was, and again, I was writing grants in Oakmont behind the scenes, and I would say, you know, it's great to have grant money coming in. But it's also, like you said, it's not sustainable. You need the tax 
revenue to come in. And that's through people, um, you know, from their, from their jobs to making sure that they're buying their houses. So that's where education plays a really big role in the district is that, so I'm like, I'm Dr. Smith and I'm from Los Angeles and I'm moving to Pittsburgh to get a job at one of the biggest healthcare centers because, you know, healthcare in, in Pennsylvania, but in Pittsburgh essentially is stellar. So we're going to move doctors into this district and we want them to buy houses. So you look on niche or you look on, you know, a, a website to look and see where the education is good because that's your tax property dollar and return on investment. And when you see school districts that aren't thriving, that's a problem. So mm -hmm. I, I, I live in Oakmont. I'm part of Riverview School District. Riverview School District has grown to the point where it's the, the education here is, is, is very good. We have good teachers here. We had a superintendent that actually just resigned, but she made it her point in her drive every day to make sure she had good teachers teaching good students and making sure that the, our numbers and our testing was coming up. So we didn't look like, you know, the, the tax capacity, everything plays a part of this. So I look at the rest of the district and I look at the school districts in the district and I say, where is the biggest need for growth? Because that will drive people to move into the district if they see a good school district as well. Um, and I think that, that that plays a big part of this. Now, education itself, I do believe that children and families should have the choice to go to school where they want to. So that's where I'm kind of a centric person is that, you know, one side will say one thing and one side will say another. But I believe that education period in the state of Pennsylvania is in a is in a pivotal moment right now where we need to make sure that our kids are being are growing enough that they will they'll live here, they'll work here, they'll stay here, they'll go to college here. And it plays a big role, I think, in 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 my in my work in the house. So let's back up a little bit, Carrie, um, because for you to decide to run against the House Democratic uh, minority leader who's been there for 30 years, uh, I mean, that takes some chutzpah. That takes somebody that says, look, I know the odds are against me. I've seen others run against uh, Frank Dermody and lose by wide margins. Um, what, what made you think that you could actually pull this off? So I think the, the beauty of this race was, um, you know, I was, I was the 10 plus point underdog. I was a huge Hail Mary and, um, I, I, my, my background, I'm just, I'm a competitive person, I think. And I saw, I, I saw the strategy. I, I looked at the numbers and I saw that there was a possibility if I worked hard and that's what led me to run. That's when I looked at people in the caucus last year before I decided to run. And I said, if I run, I'm going to win. And they all were like, yeah, Carrie, okay. You've got your, you've got a lot of work. And I was like, okay, what you don't understand is I'm not running just to, I'm running to win. And you know, my head, I put, I put that race on my back. Um, I have, a, I had a great team of people. We built it together. Every force came in, every force came in, everyone, every force came in at the end too. So I think that they saw my hard work. Um, it was, it was the best decision Matt I ever made in my life. Yeah. I have to say that out loud. <laughs> well, we won't tell your kids that, but uh, you know, I, I, I give it to you saying your professional life, right? 
So, so Carrie, at what point did uh, Frank realize that he had a real competitor on his hands and that this wasn't going to be like all of his other previous races? Um, at what point did he realize, okay, this uh, Del Rosso uh, um, uh, woman means business and I better get my game on? Well, I, I can't speak for him, of course, but I think within the last month, he realized that I had gained so much momentum that it was going to cost a lot of money and it was going to be him gathering people to do hard work. And I just don't know if they knew how much work I had done. Um, I, I got, I'm gotten to the point, Matt, where I knew where people lived when they called me. I mean, I just, I, I, but also um, my, my ex-business partner, and she, she helped me on my campaign as well, Vicki, she used to say to me, no one realizes how Carrie remembers everything. And everything does. It sticks in my brain. Um, and it was, it, it was one of those things, like, I was like, yeah, no, he's too late. Um, and I, when I woke up election day morning, my mother called. My brother was in the house. My mom was on a, on a speakerphone. And she said to me, I'm so sick in the stomach. I can't stand this today. And my little brother said, Mom, she's fine. And I looked at my, my brother and I said, I'm fine. If, I, if, if no one can win this, if, if I don't win this race, then no one can. Like, and that's, that was my attitude on election day. And we had fun. Um, you know, we, we got to 30 some polls. I mean, like I, I actually had a good time. And at that point I realized how hard I had worked and I was like, that's it. So, you know, your, your, your health is your wealth, but your mind, if your mind is in the good spot, you'll win. So that, that's a, a, a month. I would say a month. He realized it was, it was tough. The game was on, but it was too late. Uh, he was too far behind. And uh, I know that a lot of folks, uh, of course, across uh, Pennsylvania were paying attention to that race and uh, even folks uh, in the Democratic caucus, because they knew that this would uh, really shake things up uh, in terms of uh, new leadership. And of course, we did see that, that the uh, power, uh, because of uh, your victory, um, uh, reduced uh, the numbers of Democrats in the West, uh, along with uh, um, Jason Silvis, who will be joining you, who defeated another longtime Democrat, uh, Joe Petrarca, yep. uh, in, in Westmoreland uh, County. Um, and so uh, things you and uh, Jason certainly uh, threw a monkey wrench into a number of folks' uh, ideas of how the, the Democratic caucus would be led. Um, so, Carrie, uh, as you uh, prepare um, to uh, come to Harrisburg and spend time on on the, the policy side of things, now that you got the political uh, thing in the bag, what are some of the uh, top things that uh, you hope to uh, really sink your teeth into and uh, where you're passionate uh, from a policy standpoint? Well, I think you might have heard it when, when this previous conversation is education and infrastructure. So transportation, making sure that we have access um, to get people into my district, but not only that, but in the state. The state of Pennsylvania is one of which, you know, the oldest infrastructures, I think, in the country. And it is, it's untapped. The resources we have here, especially, you know, gas and oil, energy, um, it, it's important that people are aware of that. And I am 
I will be proud to be a part of the General Assembly and hopefully advocate for that um, because we need to bring businesses in. We need our our state to become a better state. And the economy here, you know, which has slowed throughout the pandemic, um, I think it's important that we work together, you know, Democrats and Republicans to to build it back and 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 do things in the way that um you know we we are so fortunate to have here. And again, being from the other side of the state, Scranton, I have driven from Scranton to to Pittsburgh almost it's almost thirty years, and I have seen. Um, interstate connectors go up that have taken more time off of it. I've seen safer methods of travel. Um, you know, I, I still, I still vacation in the Poconos with my family. So I'm, I'm a big advocate for, you know, state, good state government and making sure that we have access to what we need. And also with the education component, I think that we need to be working together with, um, you know, the, the teachers and the, the school districts and, and, and making sure that making sure education gets better, making mm-hmm. sure that um, we are not appropriating funds that are falling at the wayside. Um, you know, this this whole error of, you know, we want what we want. It's got to stop. It, it's we will, we will be in a deficit and we need to work together and get ourselves out of it. So let's let's do that. That's what I'm. I hope that I will use as a a positive force up in Harrisburg. Well, Carrie, I really appreciate your joining me here on Brews and Views and uh, look forward to having uh, many conversations going forward as uh, you uh, make your way to Harrisburg and begin advocating for those things that uh, you're passionate about and uh, that we share with you. So, uh, Carrie, congratulations on uh, your well-deserved victory. I know you worked hard and, and it paid off. And um, I think uh, we're looking forward to even uh, greater things uh, in your future. Thank you so much, Matt. You, a Commonwealth, and you've been such an amazing, amazing group of people. Our pleasure. We love coming alongside uh, quality people like yourself. So an easy thing for us to do. Thanks, Matt. Well, thank you. And uh, you've been listening to Brews and Views and catch us next time. You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E. 